The number one thing was always, I know I'm not in control. And I struggled with that for a long time. As you would look back as we talk today and just see the lack of control continue out of control. I had to really have that prayer relationship and just learning more about God's character. And I don't have to worry and be concerned. My guest today is Cheryl Borchardt. Coach Cheryl is a national board and functional medicine certified health coach. She has worked as a coach in integrative medicine and functional immunology since 2016. She enjoys helping her clients find ways to feel their best and experience fewer symptoms. As you'll hear in our conversation, she's got quite the story of handling her own symptoms and health journey. And she just wants to help people live a full and enjoyable life and participate in their favorite activities. So I thought she'd be a great guest, and she was on this show. She's married to her high school sweetheart, has four children, two cats, two dogs, and a bearded dragon. She's also passionate about her volunteer work. And even though we don't talk about it in this conversation, she is into supporting organizations that provide holistic healing services to childhood victims of human trafficking. So enjoy this conversation with my friend and colleague, Cheryl. Welcome to the Become a Provider podcast. If you're looking to live a more intentional lifestyle and overcome passive living, then you're listening to the right show. I interview entrepreneurs, athletes, community leaders, and personal mentors of mine who inspire me to provide in new and creative ways. I'm your host, Justin Thomas, co-founder of the CL Thomas Fellowship nonprofit, entrepreneur, and coach. Most importantly, I'm trying to provide more like Jesus and live an exciting life. So let's begin. Cheryl, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. These are always fun because like you said, before we started recording, the podcast allows us to get to know each other and hear stories that we may not know. And we get a chance to collaborate together at Doable Health. So there's going to be things that we we'll probably learn about each other that we haven't, even though we've been working <laughs> together for a while. And just the quick story of how we met, we both attended a conference in San Antonio and it was like a functional medicine health coaching conference. And I went with the Doable team and you were there. And uh, as we'll get into your story, you're a health coach and also with a lot of unique entrepreneurial um, experiences. And so here we are in Texas and, you know, we have a chance to meet, and that was probably what six years ago or so. Um, am I remembering that correctly? Maybe 2019. 2019, okay, it was 2019. And then, do you remember my car? Do you remember the rental oh. car, the clown car? So <laughs> we were all in this tiny car because you guys didn't have a car. <laughs> That's right, we didn't have a car, and so we meet you, and we're like, Hey, we're going out to dinner, we're going to a Brazilian steakhouse, you want to come? You're like, Yeah, and so we all pile up into your teeny little <laughs> rental car and make it out there. So that's how I got the chance to to meet you. And I was like, Ah, oh, she's she's good people. So, uh, oh. thanks for providing for me in that in that small but big way in the little car. <laughs> That's right. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> uh, that was fun. So, what brought you out to San Antonio that that trip? Was that for your own education? Were you there with another company? Was it a combination of it? But take me back to that point of like where you were in your life and career. Yeah. So I had really just finished FMCA in 2017. I think that's right. Yeah. So two years I'd been functional medicine health coach, and they had, I believe, it was the first health coaching summit at the IFM conference. So I went just to learn and see what it was all about. 
And I love to meet people too. And I didn't know any other health coaches or functional medicine health coaches. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity to, to just do that. And I went all alone. And then I had talked with Janine, you know, with our team weeks before that for the very first time. And she says, we're going to be there. We're presenting. Let's get together. So that's, yeah, kind of how that started. And uh, yeah, all by myself, knew no one really. And it was fun. I had a great time. Wow. You know, each night I ask my girls to reflect on the day and to think about a brave and kind moment. And I just can't help but think, wow, what a brave moment for you to just go there on your own, uh, mm-hmm. traveling pretty long way, right? Because you guys are in, um, I guess at that time, were you in Georgia or were you in North Carolina? Yes, we were, we were in Georgia. And here's another funny part about that. I've only, I had only at that point flown by myself one time. And it was the flight that made me afraid to fly because it was very turbulent and wind shear and the plane couldn't land. So I didn't fly for a long time. But up until that point, I had flown with my husband, but it was always, I would have like a panic attack. So I had been through therapy, worked through all of that. And this was my first flight alone to go to San Antonio. And I, it was totally fine. I did great. So that was a huge step for me also. <laughs> wow. That is a brave moment. More so than I even realized with it. How did you overcome that fear of flying? Yeah, there was a, it was a long road. I think initially I was 16 when I had that flight and I was alone and um, some man beside of me, like a, a dad, probably he was so comforting and caring for me um because I was scared and I didn't I thought the plane was just gonna crash I didn't know what was gonna happen so I think I avoided flying because I was just so fearful and my husband travels a lot and so then we got we weren't married at that time so got we got married um but every time I flew with him it was just terrible panic attack horrible anxiety like hyperventilating and I had to work through and go to therapy for it. So I did cognitive behavioral therapy and it took me a while to get brave and be able to try to fly again. But it was so amazing because what I learned too was always keep your eye on the flight attendants. And I think also learning more about flying and the plane and the experience and what's normal, that really helped me. Cause I think at that first flight, I didn't know anything about that stuff. So, yeah, it was just such a journey for me because I did not want to miss out on doing things and going places because of my fear. Well, thank you for sharing. You never know where these conversations are going to go with it. Um, (laughs) So, and that helps paint the picture about like a little bit of your personality. It's you want to get to the root cause of it. You, you know, you Mm -hmm. had this, this panic attack and you're like, you're willing to go to therapy and do the work necessary. And then take that brave step of going out on your own, um, flying out there and overcoming that fear and then kind of proving to yourself that you have grown in new and different ways. And so, hey, you know, this podcast and this work that I do is around the theme of, for me personally, providing like Jesus better in my life, but also just connecting with people that are intentional in their life, regardless of their faith about, you know, how are they trying to provide for others and how do you do that for yourself? And since you are a uh, an experienced certified health coach, you know, what a great industry to kind of learn more about uh, your work. And so there tends to be a great personal story of how you got into health coaching, um, starting with, you know, a need that you had to provide for yourself. And so walk us through that journey. Yes. So a really kind of condensed version of this is as a child, I was a very sickly child. 
I had a lot of strep throat infections and antibiotics and other things. And I just, you know, stayed sick all the time. So um, from that, I personally believe taking the antibiotics and, and they were needed, of course, but I feel like they affected the way I felt, you know, as far as just even having anxiety. So that started very early for me as probably like a seven or eight year old. I can remember just being afraid to go to bed. I think a lot of kids are, but I would have real panic attacks. So that escalated. And it was something that I dealt with all through being in high school into my early like adult years. And I found ways to deal with it. So that was one piece is this horrible anxiety. I feel like stemmed from, you know, being sick, having antibiotics, all of those things that I dealt with. And then I, I continued to be a sickly adult. And um, I just never really felt great. I dealt, had a lot of allergies and things would just happen to me. I would, you know, I developed chronic hives and mm -hmm. I was put on antihistamines. Even just to go outside in a, on a July day in North Carolina, I'd break out in hives. So it's like I was allergic to the heat or sweat or something. So I wasn't content with that. And then I developed asthma at 33, I think. So all these things just kept happening. And I felt like I'm never really getting answers. You know, I'm going to the doctor. I'm getting more medicine every time I go. And then, you know, within that short amount of time, the next thing was prediabetes, high blood pressure, which does run in my family. But I just, I didn't want to, I, I knew there had to be a better way. So that was when I decided to see an integrative physician in Winston-Salem. And I learned about eating well. You know, that's one of our pillars too. So I love that one. Um, I grew up and I don't fault my parents for this at all, but I think we just ate differently in the South. You know, we, we, I didn't have a lot of fresh things. I mean, I love fruit and vegetables and things like that, but more from a can and, you know, mm -hmm. probably more processed than anything. So I know that was probably a factor. I love junk food. I mean, when I graduated high school, every day I would have an egg roll and sweet tea at school and I would go to work and I would have a pack of crackers and soda. And that was really what I would eat every day. So you can see how that kind of, you know, contributed to how I was feeling. So I learned how to eat well, and I learned how to use that to leverage um, how I felt my, you know, be able to optimize my weight. I had at this point when I finally went to the integrative physician, I had just had my fourth child. So and the last one, last baby. So I just really wanted something different. And so that was uh, the beginning for me, switching up what I was eating. And how did I get this asthma? You know, I'm like, how did this happen, right? Like my body was just kind of failing me, it felt like. So I was like asking him, do you think I can ever get off this asthma medicine? And he said, well, we can see. You know, I, don't, I never say never because he wants to work with you in that way. So we did, and, and we found out that dairy was a huge culprit for my allergies, the mucus, the, you know, the asthma and all that. So taking that out, plus doing some other therapies, I was able to get off of it. And I've never looked back, and I've never, thank the Lord, had an issue. So um, I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for what I learned. But I had to do it all alone. I didn't have anybody to help me really. I mean, my doctor did help me as much as he could, but the lifestyle part I had to figure out on my own and I had to 
figure out what was going to work best for me. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a short version of my story. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing. And, um, it sounds like the asthma was the last, was a positive triggering event. Like it activated you in a positive way to say enough is enough. Like this is crazy. Yeah. I'm a, you know, a 30 something year old woman. I've given birth four times and, uh, raising a family and like who gets asthma as an adult here. And, and so it was, it seems like that really prompted you to take action. But at the same time, sometimes it's really tough, especially for moms to provide for themselves and to invest in themselves. And so where did you find the energy and the willpower to go find that integrative medical doctor that you described? Because a lot of people don't take action. They're just like, well, I guess this is it. Like I put my body through a lot and this is just what happens. Right. So this is a funny story about that is actually the doctor that I went to go see, we went to church together mm. and I had just been praying that the Lord would give me somebody to help me um, that was interested in helping me heal and address whatever was going wrong in my body. And mm. then a friend shared with me, do you know this doctor? I've been going to see him and he goes to church with us. I was like, oh, okay. So that was big for me. He was a believer and we were able to, you know, connect in that way too. Um, so yeah, I went to go see him and it was amazing. And I think, yeah, I probably didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know what was going to be required of me, right? Like, it's not easy when you have to completely overhaul your lifestyle. It's not easy, but it's so rewarding. You know, it's just amazing to see what is possible, what can happen. And it's not easy in a number of ways because you have to be willing to be humble enough to say, I need help, and then to try to search it out. Mm -hmm. And then once you do search it out, maybe there's some out-of-pocket expenses that's not covered by traditional insurance. Maybe it is, but there's that mm -hmm. potential uh, expense. And then to actually, you have to do all of that to get to the hard part of actually mm -hmm. making the lifestyle change that you yeah. mentioned. So for, for your journey, what was the hardest part or... Uh, you know, as you reflect on it, because there's so many different things that you had to do. Mm -hmm. What was the hardest part? Well, at that point, okay, so there were a couple things. I definitely wasn't getting the sleep that I needed because I had a young child I and mean, she was 10 months old when I went to do all of this. So, and yeah, of course, like I am not sleeping through the night and I knew that was huge. I think that was another thing that just pushed me over the edge. Like you can sometimes feel like you're going to go a little crazy because you're not sleeping and you're like, I crave this. My body needs this. Right. And so that was hard to be able to fit the sleep in where I could. But I think too, just learning, um, you know, you have a family of six and I didn't want to spend all day in the kitchen too. I wanted to have easy recipes that were just nourishing, but simple and that everybody liked. So I think those were two really hard things for me was getting that sleep, being able to, um, yeah, cook for my family. I mean, I, I don't love cooking. I, it, I do it and I'm loving it more as I go through my life and I'll, you know, learn little hacks, but, um, and I have more time now, right? My kids are older, <laughs> so time helps. But back then, it's like, I got this kid screaming. I got these other kids fighting, you know, and my husband's going home. I'm like, how am I going to cook dinner? So I had to be quick. So, yeah, those were two very um, probably hard things for me. I learned to nap, and my husband was great. He was so supportive, and that really matters. I think when you have to make a shift that way, 
to have somebody on your side because you can feel very isolated if you're the only person making those changes. Um, so that was very helpful for me too, to have his support. And I would just have to try to nap. I would get a sitter so that I could sleep too. Like that was another mm. thing I had to invest in that. Um, just so I could like take a, take a one hour nap or this, that or the other. It was, but it was worth it. And then of course she started sleeping better. So that was helpful too. Oh, I love that. What a practical thing. And that took some self-discipline on your part because there's a million other things you could have done where you, you mm-hmm. while the intention might've been to take a nap, you might have this mental to-do list and you just say, well, let me just do this activity or that, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. There's mm-hmm. a ton of things. It, was that hard for you to actually sleep during that time and not do like all the other stuff? Or were you just completely, you know, like that was, that was an easy, easy transition. Yeah, you know how funny that is when you're you want to nap and you're like, gosh, I really need this. But yeah, your brain's turned on and it's the middle yeah. of the day. So sometimes I could, sometimes I couldn't. And I, I would, you know, sometimes I would just read or re- find a way to relax. I would take a bath sometimes if I couldn't rest. I'd just go take a bath. Just something, you know, I would try to use that time to just wind down mm-hmm. and be able to just do something restorative. And that was uh, also helpful. I mean, boy, were there so many things that I did, you know, taking some supplements and even some medications that I needed for a short time, then weaning off of those prescriptions that I was on. So it was like such a, such a wild ride, such a really hard, but really cool and rewarding journey. Yeah, absolutely. And so you start you start to feel better. You're sleeping, you making some changes mm-hmm. to your diet with it. And, and before we go on to like how that catapulted you into a new career with health coaching. I just want to go back to something you mentioned. And that was when you didn't know what to do, you prayed about it. And so I think that's worth kind of chatting about. So what about your faith helped you along this health journey? Was it as simple as praying and seeing an answer to prayer? Um, I'm just kind of curious how your faith helped you along this health journey. Well, I think for me, the, the number one thing was always, I know I'm not in control. And I struggled with that for a long time. As you would look back as we talked today and just see the lack of control continue out of control, I had to really have that prayer relationship and just learning more about God's character. And I don't have to worry and be concerned. Yeah, we do. It's a natural thing, I think, that most of us do. But um, it was... Like I knew I couldn't depend on myself to get through any of it. And I had to depend on the Lord for it all, like everything. So I think that was a, a, a really, it grew my faith so much as I learned more about his sovereignty over my life and my family's life. And I think it helped me to relax into whatever unfolded. And Justin, I'm sure you know this too, but Unfortunately, we don't really grow so much when things are going well. I think that adversity and those mm-hmm. trials and challenges are the things that tend to grow our character and help us um, grow into who we're supposed to be. Um, ultimately, that sanctification. So I think for me, I was able to relax into he, he knows what's best for me, whatever it is. And I'm going to be content with it, even if it's hard. So I've tried to carry that with me. And it is hard. It's, you know, we all have days when we feel that we reach our breaking point or how much more can I take? 
So um, that's, yeah, I think really for me, it's just been, it's grown my face so much too. Um, I have a favorite book. Is it okay if I mention it? Please, yeah. Um, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering, I believe is the name of the book. Hmm. Um, I've recommended it to many people, but I go back to it a lot if, you know, if I'm dealing with something too. So, yeah, that's uh, definitely a huge part of my life still knowing I don't control any of it, right? <laughs> Not at all. But some the one who does knows what's best. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's very helpful to know because from your story, you have this history of anxiety and history mm-hmm. of panic attacks and wanting to have more control than you do. And then you've got this great example of having your faith being like trusting and uh, God to ultimately provide for you. And then at the same time, you, you take action. Like there's an opportunity that comes to mm-hmm. you through a connection to church and then you take action with it. So mm-hmm. let's let's jump into the next chapter of your story, which is you go from patient to coach. Tell us about that. Yeah, so throughout that journey, as I, you know, it's probably, so that would have been in 2013. Yeah, 2013, 2014 were very, uh, big shifts for me as far as my health went. Um, and so I lost a great bit of weight around 50 pounds. Um, uh, you know, I'm at that point, a lot of, I was able to get off all the medicine with my doctor's help. So, um, people would, people knew this, just friends of mine and people that I went to church with, and they had seen some of that in, in my journey. So they would ask me questions and they would say, hey, what do you think about this? Or what do you know about that? And I was like, hmm, it'd be great if I could figure out how to do this like as a job. <laughs> At the time, like it was important for me. I stayed home with my children or they were growing up. And um, so, you know, we're into the point where we moved to Georgia. So that was in 2014. And I'm down here and my youngest is, getting ready to go to kindergarten, you know, in the next year um, or the next couple of years, like she was in preschool. So I had more time. So I decided to look around and see what can I do? What do I like? What are my gifts? And I learned about coaching. It was, I had never really learned about it before that. I never heard about it. And I met um, or saw someone online who had done IIN. And so I looked into doing that, you know, and then ultimately Functional Medicine Coaching Academy had um, started not long before that. So I um, I decided to just jump in and see what would happen. You know, I, I just really did feel like I the Lord could use me in that way, too, to encourage and mm. help other people to use my, you know, not that we're the same, any of myself or any of the people that I work with. But I think it is helpful sometimes for the ones I work with to say, oh, well, she might understand some of what I'm experiencing if it's not the same. So I think that um, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to just help people and the way that I had to kind of help myself. So that's really how I got started. And then I find this to be really interesting because I've got, gosh, you know, I've got an MBA and Mm -hmm. uh, some experience in business. And then after I finished my health coach training program, 
I'll, I, even I felt overwhelmed. And here I am, like, <laughs> supposedly, you know, trained in this. Like, how do you find clients? How do you use the skills that you have in health coaching? And it's a new field. And some people uh, don't understand what a health coach is and like, you know, what the expectations are. And so, you know, I, I found that as a, as a big gap too, of like, you have this desire to help people and then how do you make a livelihood out of it? And so, um, how did you find it though? So back to that doctor that I went to see the integrative physician, I reached out to them and I just said, and I've stayed in touch over the years and we're family friends and all of that. So I just shared what I was doing. And I said, do you think I could help your patients in some way? And we had a conversation about, sure, yeah, let's try this. They can always use some extra support. And, mm. you know, we know the doctors don't have all that time, even though at that practice that the office visits are longer than a traditional um, doctor's office. Um, it's still hard to walk all those changes with with your patient. So yeah, I just reached out and we formed a partnership and I still work with them, you know, today. And uh, that was really how I started and was able to use some of the things that I'd learned. Um, And I was able to do it in a way that felt good for me. You know, my youngest was still at home at the time. So she was going to preschool. So I could use the morning and see clients. And yeah, as she got into school and I grew a little bit more, um, I took on some other contract positions. That was really my foundation, though, to get started. And I really enjoy working with them. That's great. And it's also really fun to hear your story of putting yourself out there. I mean, time yeah, and time again, yeah. right? <laughs> In the conversation, like mm-hmm. you have to be the one to reach back out to that practice. And I'm sure there's a lot of thoughts or there's a potential for a lot of mm-hmm. thoughts in the back of your mind of like, who am I to reach out to them? I was a patient and this, you know, like, am I qualified to provide the service or not? And then you're a new graduate. And so, I mean, uh, I'm just, uh, kind of, you know, that's things that maybe a lot of us might think, but for you, mm-hmm. how did you overcome those, like that self-doubt and that negative talk? If, even if you had any, so like, you know, would you mind just addressing that? Yeah, I did for sure. Because, you know, everybody has to start seeing their first client or whatever you're doing in life, you get it. You get it. A surgeon has to do their first solo surgery. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I can't really compare it to that, but what, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, I really, I love to read and learn. I think that's something I enjoy a lot. So I would read a lot of the coaching material that was out. And as they always say, you find kind of your coaching style Mm. and you know, yeah, I had I had learned and used some of that doing my um what you know when we would meet in the small groups at, at FMCA, we would practice. So mm-hmm. I, I felt I did get to practice some, but yes, I think even now I still have those moments, especially if you're working with somebody and things just aren't maybe going like you would expect. And you're like, is it, is it me? Am I doing something wrong? You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think we all struggle with those things. But yeah, I think reading, staying um, knowledgeable about what's going on in the coaching field, deepening skills within motivational interviewing. So I learned about that at FMCA and I've tried to go deeper with a lot of that and realizing too, like, 
Yeah. Ultimately, the person you're working with is the one making the decisions. We're there to facilitate that process, help them look deep inside and reflect. And uh, so I try to not be tied to those outcomes so much because I know it's such a journey. And Mm. yeah, but that self-doubt is real. I think we all we all deal with that stuff. And um, I still I love learning. I still love going in and doing all the business stuff with FNCA where they provide all the the uh, resources for that and their graduate resource, you know, as a as a graduate of their program. So I, I love it. Like that's I still soak all that all of that in and try to use it in the best way that I can. So I think that helps. Absolutely. That serves you well as a coach because it's amazing how you have to continuously learn from the field of this health health and wellness. It is just this unending opportunity yeah. to learn. So if you don't enjoy <laughs> learning and you think like, oh, I'm just going to you know pick this up in a one-time class and then implement it with all my clients, you're probably not going to be an effective coach. And so that's, uh-huh. I'm sure has served you well in the last 10 years or so. Uh, well, at, you know, as you think about your journey, particularly the last, you know, 10-ish years of coaching, um, is there a moment that stands out to you being provided for, whether it was a, a class, a person, a client, a family member, uh, a health technique that you self-implemented? Anything stand out to you as particularly, you know, kind of blessing and protecting your own journey? Hmm, let me think about that. Um, I'm a human just like everybody else. And I, I think people can sometimes look at us as like, you need to look perfect or you need to look the part. I've had discussions with people that have brought things up like that to me and I've had some health issues you know that have kind of come and gone over over the past few years that you you know you got to dig deeper you got to find this why what's going on now and I'm aging you know I'm 47 now so you know like I sometimes think to myself like I'm still helping people but am I you know but I can't figure out some of the things that are going on with me I think it's such a valuable thing that I always try to go back to the foundational lifestyle, building the foundation, because if the building's on fire and you're trying to rebuild it, what's going to happen? It's going to collapse. So I'm, I'm a firm believer just in my own life and trying to help clients with this piece too, is whatever is causing things to happen with, within our body, calm it down and then let's rebuild. Let's try to strengthen. Let's try to fortify. I think that's probably something that I go back to um, is just always the foundational lifestyle of everything. I hope that answers your question, Justin. <laughs> yeah, that's a really honest answer uh, yeah. about how it's not as if it's this clean, crisp story of I had a health problem, solved it, and now I'm forever and always healthy. And as much as we would like that to be the case, mm-hmm. we all have our challenges. And mm-hmm. interesting enough, since you're putting yourself out there as a health coach, we might feel the weight of personal health challenges even more because we want to be a great example for others. Mm-hmm. And I should say, you you are a wonderful example. You're healthy, vibrant, um, full of energy. And at the same time, we know our bodies. And as you mentioned, mm-hmm. we're aging and you can feel like, oh gosh, I'm not the perfect example. And you have to be mm-hmm. okay with that even to be a health coach. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I, yeah, but I also, um, 
love when when clients too when they realize this when they realize they hold so much power over just the choices that they make every day on how they're going to feel mm. and i love when the light bulb goes off for them because sometimes you know it's easy and I, i've done this too is i developed high blood pressure when i was in my 30s and i'm like oh it's in my family i'm gonna be on blood pressure medicine just like you know some of my family but you know again i learned more about that i didn't accept that answer so yeah and and i'm realistic enough to know too like i'm not this body's not gonna last forever right mm. it's not it, i can do my very very best but eventually yeah it, it's you're gonna age you're gonna get older and I love the, to try my best to to do the things that I know are, are strengthening and good for me. Though I'm not perfect. <laughs> Nobody is, right? <laughs> That's right. But what a joy. Uh, I know we need to wrap up here. I just want to say thank you so much, Cheryl, for sharing a part of your story. And I know there's so much more and details and strategies and you know all the work that you do. Just from my side of the microphone, I just want to say thank you for sharing a little bit more for myself and the audience of how we can take control and we don't have to accept things as is. And mm -hmm. we can be brave and overcome things that are real challenges and not to discount those challenges. But your story is very inspiring of how you've provided for yourself and now you've made it a career of doing that for others. Is there anything that you want to reflect on your journey or share how you're currently providing for yourself as we wrap up here? Yes, I would. Um, I have always loved to walk. That's always been my form of exercise. And last year in December, I decided to hire a personal trainer and start doing weight training. I knew we'd start losing muscle after mm -hmm. our 30s and here i am pushing 50 so i know this this was a piece of uh my movement journey that i had always in my mind said i'm going to do that someday i'm going to really do that someday um and i just decided last year i just decided this is the time so since december i've been consistently weight training at least twice a week i mean there have been a couple times we've been out of town or something like that but it has been the most transformational thing for my flexibility, my strength, some some like tendonitis and other things, shoulder problems that I was having. And I was just, I've been very pleased that um, I, I get to do this and that I am doing this. And so my husband and I joined the gym, which is like two, like a mile from our house. And I finished with the personal trainer and then we moved to this gym close by. So now it's so easy. We just pop up there together and, and it's fun. We don't we don't do the same things, but it's, it's such a great thing to do. And we just encourage each other when we don't feel like going. So that's been a lot of fun. Oh, thank you for sharing. I love that. And it goes <laughs> to show how important it is, you know, to recognize the muscle atrophy that just naturally happens in our body. Mm -hmm. And we have to be intentional with it. And for you to just once again to say, hey, I haven't done this before. Change is hard, but I'm willing to do it because uh -huh. I see the why behind it. And now it's something that you can do with your husband and uh, encourage one another along with it. So that's, yeah, thank you for sharing. That's a wonderful story. Yes. And I, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of fun with it. And it's just really neat 
to see how much stronger you can get. You know, it doesn't have to just be this thing that you accept, right? Mm. You don't have to accept that this hurts, that hurts. Yeah, sometimes we can't fix it, but it's been fun just to see what am I capable of? And it's a great journey so far. So love it. This has been a fantastic conversation, Cheryl. Thank you once again for the time and the input with it. I've learned a lot and I, you know, it's just nice to know all the intentional work you've done. So keep it up and I'm cheering you on and thank you for sharing. Love this time together. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to share and and hope and pray that it encourages somebody that hears this and gives them the ability to say, hey, I can do the things that are hard and I can find a way. Thank you for listening to this episode. Because we want to provide for even more people, please leave a review. It really helps. And if you want additional resources on providing like Jesus, you can access all of our content, courses, and weekly newsletter for free by creating an account on our website, www.clthomasfellowship.org. That's clthomasfellowship.org. So until next time, keep blessing and protecting others.